0: You think it could never happen to you being falsely accused of a crime and about to lose your reputation and your freedom. This is the story of a former public servant and respected community leader in the wrong place at the wrong time, swept up in a drug conspiracy and facing a jail term.
1: They dragged this man back from Israel. They searched his home. They ruined his life based on a theory that was neither legally nor medically sound.
0: And the veteran lawyer and his associate who made it their mission to save his good name.
2: I was very nervous because I had an innocent person's fate in my hands, is how I felt.
0: I'm Kate Stetson, and this is Proof in Trial, Episode 2, The People of the State of New York versus Lazar Fagan et al. Jim McGovern was waiting in his midtown Manhattan office to meet a potential new client. He was just getting used to life as a white collar and investigations partner at Hogan Lovells. As a veteran federal prosecutor, he'd come across his fair share of politicians and he'd heard of the man he was about to meet. Alec Brooke Krasny was a big name in the small world of New York politics, a former Democratic state assemblyman. Alec was born in Russia but came to live in the United States in the late 1980s. He became the first Russian-born member of a state legislature, serving a Brooklyn district for almost 10 years. Here's Jim.
1: By reputation, Alec was a very, very popular politician. He is a very warm person, a very engaging person who really cared about his community. And the reason he got into politics in the in the beginning was because he realized that the Russian-American community was very much underrepresented in the legislature.
0: He had a reputation as a decent, hardworking assembly member, but it was what Alec did after October 2012 that really touched the people of his district.
3: For the past few days, all of us have been focused on one of the worst storms
2: in our lifetimes.
0: Hurricane Sandy was one of the most damaging storms to make landfall in the eastern United States. After the storm hit the coastal communities of New York, Alex spent weeks driving a truck, delivering food, water, and warm clothes to his constituents and neighbors. He would grab a couple hours sleep a day with no time to return to his own home, which had also flooded. In the months that followed, Alec continued to work long hours to help his community rebuild. This is him at a press conference in November 2012.:
3: During the summer, 14 million people visiting Corny Island from all over the world. Now, Sandy took us back. A few years, a few months with such help, maybe. We're going to rebuild it again. You have a very strong people in this community right here. You have a lot of immigrants who went through a lot, like myself. We're going to rebuild. We're going to win with all of you. Thank you very much.
0: So when Jim met Alec that day in his Midtown office, he had an idea of what type of person he was. It was summer, 2017, and it was humid even by New York standards. Even so, when Alec arrived at the office, Jim was a little surprised.
1: And he came by and it was a very hot day. He had been walking all around Manhattan that day, so he was covered in sweat. And he was he's
3: just saying, listen, I need help.
0: Here's how Alec remembers meeting Jim.
3: And I remember this first conversation and Jim has asked me uh, uh, to come over and uh, he told me that he would have about 30 minutes for me. Uh, we ended up uh, speaking, I think, for about four hours.
0: During their four-hour conversation, Alec told Jim he was in trouble. He explained that after he left the New York Assembly in 2015, he'd gone to work at a private healthcare firm. He'd left politics because his daughter went to college and he couldn't support her on an assemblyman's salary. But also, he said to Jim because his work left him very little time to spend with his family.
3: For quite a few years, from 2007 to 2015, uh, half of the week uh, I was away from my family. It was was immobile. And I think this is one of the reasons why uh, my, my son has become addicted to some drugs.
0: Alec wanted to try and help his son overcome his addiction to painkillers. It was a very difficult time for the whole family, but Alec made the decision to leave politics and put family first. He got a job as the chief operating officer for quality laboratory services, which ran tests like urine analysis for doctors. After he took on the role, his son began the slow journey to recovery. But then, out of nowhere, something else happened to the family that turned Alec's world upside down. Before we get into the details about that, there's someone else I want you to meet who knows this story inside and out. Jim's associate at Hogan Lovells, Jonathan Capola. Back in 2017, he was fresh out of Fordham Law School, and this was his very first case. Jonathan can give us a bit of background.
2: The case started off, um, I want to say in 2013 or 2014. 20- 14, a good number of years ago, uh, where the DEA and the New York City Office of the Special Narcotics Prosecutor was investigating um, an alleged pill mill um, run by Dr. Lazar Fagan, where, according to prosecutors, he and a couple of his doctors would allegedly churn out a substantial number of pain prescription drugs.
0: A pill mill is when doctors or pharmacists prescribe painkillers inappropriately without sufficient medical history or documentation, and then make large amounts of money from insurance companies.
2: They had been investigating these offices, um, doing you know, undercover sting operations, uh, surveillance, wiretaps in total for a number of years. And at one point during their wiretaps, they happened to pick up Alec Brokrasny, who worked at a, a third-party urinalysis clinic. So he didn't even work at the medical offices at issue. He was just on a couple of the phone calls. They then heard him. They heard, you know, a former New York politician on a couple of their phone calls and probably thought they had a big case for themselves.
0: Alec was unlucky enough to be swept up in this investigation known as Operation Avalanche. He was simply in the wrong place at the wrong time and had no clue about the allegations. As he explained to Jim in the office that day, the first time he heard about them was in April, 2017. He was on vacation at a wedding party in Jerusalem when he got a call from his rabbi back in New York to tell him that police officers were raiding his home.
3: I was in Israel uh, with my family. We were at the wedding party of uh, our close relatives. And uh, I found out on the, um, on the morning, there was a morning in Israel, that there are some kind of activities inside my house.
0: The police were looking for evidence that Alec was involved in the pill mill conspiracy along with several doctors. From Israel Alec found out he was being indicted and charged with multiple counts of health care fraud. The office of the special narcotics prosecutor gave a press conference announcing the indictments. In Jerusalem Alec was getting calls from worried friends in New York. What was going on? Why were officers at his home? What were they hoping to find?
1: And they went through all of his stuff at his house while he wasn't there. And you know what they found? Absolutely nothing. They found absolutely nothing incriminating in his home while they were having a press conference to publicly malign this man who had served so honorably for his community over the, the past 10 years uh, and, and had no way to defend himself one way or the other.
0: Alec was horrified by the allegations, but he wanted to do the right thing, so he flew back from Israel and voluntarily surrendered for questioning. He was innocent and he was happy to cooperate, but in a highly unusual move, officers perp walked him in handcuffs from the district attorney's office to the courthouse. And somehow, reporters turned up with camera crews to film it.
3: Because I'm a former politician, because I'm a former assemblyman, because I'm the first Russian-speaking elected official in the United States, of course you can get a lot of coverage. And the media
1: loves public corruption charges almost as much as it loves mafia cases. And so what a great way to get your office on the front page of the newspaper by taking down a politician.
0: At the end of their conversation, on that hot summer day, Alex sat subdued in Jim's office. He'd been publicly humiliated at a press conference. He was facing criminal charges. His bank accounts had been frozen by prosecutors. And his current lawyers had a conflict of interest. But he'd had nothing to do with this drug conspiracy and was desperate to prove it and restore his good name. Would Jim help him?
1: And I told him, look, I'm so disgusted by this case that I really think we should just look at it right now and see if there's a way that we can confront the case without having to go down the, the long road of a trial or any of those
3: sorts of things.
0: But what about money? Jim brushed Alex's concerns aside.
3: He told me that uh, the truth is much more important than money.
0: Jim also told Alec, it just so happened, that before his career as a federal prosecutor, he'd worked at the Office of the Special Narcotics Prosecutor. So they set up a meeting with the prosecutors and put together a PowerPoint presentation, proving there was simply no evidence linking Alec to the pill mill charges.
1: All they were doing was listening to phone calls. We had text messages, we had emails, we had documents that they had never seen that took their suspicion that Alec was part of a conspiracy and literally blew it out of the water.
0: But even so, prosecutors wouldn't consider dropping the charges. Jim says they had already decided they'd caught their big fish, a former politician, and were determined not to let him go.
1: So they were not going to take their foot off the gas on Mr. Brooke just because he came in and proved to them that he was innocent. They were going to go ahead and just move ahead with their case. And if he was innocent, well, wouldn't the system just figure that out?
0: But would the system figure it out? Alec wasn't so sure. He told Jim this felt more and more like the kind of political hit job you'd expect in the Soviet Union and not something that could happen in the United States. Jim, Alec, and Jonathan had no choice but to prepare for trial. Two years later, in 2019, Jonathan Coppola was carrying two suitcases and a backpack of binders and printed documents. He came out of the subway and walked to the main criminal court in downtown Manhattan.
2: I was nervous. I was very nervous because I had an innocent person's fate in my hands, is how I felt.
0: It's not every day you get to work on such a big case as a rookie lawyer, and Jonathan wanted to make sure he had every single piece of paper printed out to bring into court.
2: My job was mainly to prepare evidence, prepare, make sure Jim knew every document, every exhibit that was relevant, had it all on hand.
0: Their client, Alec Brooke Krasny, was indicted, along with 12 alleged co-conspirators in a case listed as the people of the state of New York versus Lazar Fagan et al., set to be heard in the court of Judge Maxwell Wiley. The heart of the prosecution's case? A belief that a criminal conspiracy existed among a group of doctor's offices in Brooklyn, where bogus painkiller prescriptions were being used to defraud Medicaid for millions, a so-called pill mill. 10 of the original 13 people accused pled guilty in exchange for a reduced prison sentence. But Alec and his team wouldn't even think about taking a deal.
3: And I'm so, so grateful to Jim that not at one moment he would consider me taking any guilty plea for something that I've never done. Never even, never even, never would even think to do.
0: Alec was tried alongside the two other remaining defendants. Right off the bat, there was a problem for the hogan Lovells team. One of the defendants flipped and testified against Alec. So Jim quickly showed that this prosecution witness was not reliable.
1: The guy who was the subject of their case from its very inception, the office manager of one of the clinics, who was the very first wiretap application that they got approved, that person, after he was arrested and was in in jail on a million dollars bail, he announced to the government that he was more than happy to come in and cooperate. It also turned out that the cooperator, that office manager, lied over and over and over again to the Office of the Special Archives Prosecutor. He testified in the grand jury, We showed that he lied on three different occasions before we ever went into the grand jury and then lied in the grand jury.
0: Next, Jim told the jury that Alec had personal experience of the hard realities of drug addiction, as he explains.
1: You know, ironically, Mr. Bukrasny's son had suffered from opioid addiction himself and had actually overdosed twice during the period of time that Mr. Bukrasny was supposedly running a pill mill, and his son, who was in recovery and uh, thankfully is still in recovery now,
2: sat with him throughout that trial. He was actually driving his son, I believe, for substance abuse treatments many of the days that he was also working at his urine testing lab. And I think that one point that Jim hammered so effectively was: it's just. It's an inhumane allegation against someone to make that they would see their son struggling with something like this, overdose twice, had to be brought back to life in his house, and that he would at the same time be joining a conspiracy to funnel these onto the streets of his own community.
0: The defense team also had no trouble finding witnesses to testify to Alex's good character. He'd spent years as a public servant, devoted to his constituents. His chief of staff took the stand. She recalled how hard Alec had worked in the awful days after Hurricane Sandy. Here's Jonathan.
2: He has a reputation of lawfulness and honesty and good character, and so that was the main purpose. But we also wanted to see if we could tell that story of her knowing him personally and, and you know the passion he had for his community.
0: A story that told the truth, and that could be corroborated with facts. Remember I told you about all those documents that Jonathan printed off to bring into court?
2: I would say that during the trial, I probably had a better understanding of the facts than pretty much every witness who was involved, certainly more than the prosecutor.
0: The prosecution alleged that Alec played a part in removing tests for alcohol at the clinic making it easier for doctors to write phony prescriptions for painkillers, for people who already had high levels of alcohol in their system. It simply wasn't true. And when the prosecution brought out medical records they said would implicate Alec Brooke Krasny, Jonathan was ready.
2: The prosecutors thought they had this piece of information and thankfully I, I, I had already prepared and reviewed and understood you know, hundreds of medical records and once they pulled out this piece of information, I knew the exact document that we needed to show that exactly what we were saying was true and that their entire case and their understanding of the facts was just completely wrong. And, you know, we received many, many terabytes worth of data and discovery from the prosecutors. And to be able to pinpoint that exact document, to be able to pull it up in the critical moment, you know, did, I, I, I feel like it just locked the jury in.
0: This attention to detail helped Jim pick holes in the prosecution's case. Jonathan says Jim gave a master class in the courtroom, delivering a particularly powerful closing statement.
1: So when we got to summation, the summation was the culmination of everything that we did at trial. But one thing that I think I was persuasive at was making the jury angry. They dragged this man back from Israel. They searched his home. They ruined his life based on a theory that was neither legally nor medically sound. And I remember at one point pointing out to the jury that this is not the way people should be treated in the
0: 21st century. The hardest part for Jonathan had been watching Alec go through a two month jury trial with all the worry of what might happen if they lost. Jonathan knew Alec could be looking at a jail term if they were not successful.
2: I was able to see the reactions on his family's face, you know, during the whole trial, It's was, you know, it's stressful because they feel like our client as much as Alec is, you know, his kids are there wondering if their father's gonna spend years or a decade in prison if something goes wrong. It was tough, you know, seeing the faces of his family at certain points in the trial was tough, you know, looking at him and seeing his stress at certain points. We were so close to them at this point in our lives that my family came some days, Jim's family came some days.
0: It was hard for all of them when the jury went out to deliberate their verdict, but Alec had remarkable faith in his legal team.
3: When you're facing some very difficult situation, you're like, you have to do your best. You have to do your best. I knew that God help me to find the best attorneys.
0: After six long days of deliberation, the jury acquitted Alec Brooke Krasny of all felony counts, including health care fraud in the second degree and other fraud charges. They had won, although it wasn't until December 2019 that the case ultimately ended, with every remaining charge against Mr. Brooke Krasny dismissed.
3: I got lucky I, I I don't know my wife is saying that you probably did something good in your life if if you got Jim McGovern as your attorney
0: of course, Alec and the team were delighted, but now there was a different challenge
3: you know it's
1: it's one of those old adages after a a person is able to prevail against the government, which is no easy task and one thing that people in that situation have often stated when they're expressing their gratitude for the the favorable verdict is, okay, great. I was just found not guilty. Where do I go to get my reputation back? And that was the biggest issue that Mr. Bukrazi had to face.
2: So after the case was fully dismissed and the record was sealed as a matter of law, Alec decided to, uh, he was going to reenter politics and uh, run for city council in Coney Island, which overlapped with A lot of the districts he previously represented in the assembly. And this is a a very courageous decision. And so for me, whether or not he wins or loses the election, the courage really comes from his decision to, to get back in the ring and fight.
0: Ultimately, Alec didn't win the city council primary, but right now he's working on a charity project and he has some more business plans in the pipeline. He's grateful for the verdict, and despite everything he's been through, he is optimistic about the future.
3: My English is not good enough to find the right words for what Jim has done during the, the trial. And, uh, of course, his associate, Jonathan Coppola. he's just an incredible human being. Every difficult situation that you're facing in your life makes you stronger. And uh, this situation made my family stronger. My son had become a different person. He's saving lives now. He's a counselor for for the people uh, with the cases of, of drug abuse, and, and he's helping them. He's saving their lives.
1: I feel really, really proud of him. I see a person who some of the worst things in the world have happened to, and he's been able to overcome them, and now he's done everything to reclaim his place in the community, I I couldn't be prouder for him.
0: You can find more information about our premier trial team at HoganLevels.com. I hope you'll join us for the next episode of Proof in Trial. Until next time, I'm Kate Stetson, and thank you for listening.